Hello and welcome to Canberra Metalhead. You got Marky Malpas, and tonight we'll be catching up with Blissfurus here on Canberra Metalhead. to 
That was Bliss for Us with Out of the Blue. That's off their latest album. So we're going to have a chance later on to chat with other guys from Bliss for Us later on in the show. Uh, we've got a bit of an alternative show lined up for you guys today uh, with some more of the rock and alternative side of Canberra Metalheads uh, that you're listening to episode 61. I've also got a uh, special international interview lined up for later on in the show, so you can stick around and hear what that one is um, towards the end. But kicking it off now, we're going to be listening to Red Bee with Autumn Blood Horizon here on Canberra Metalheads.
was Aeonophorus with Symbiosis. Before that, we had Escape Syndrome with Shadows Part 2. And at the top, as you know, we had Red Bee with Autumn Blood Horizon. Cool track list there, a bit of a mixture. Um, Aeon of Horus is a um, a well-known band in Canberra. They've played a few, uh, fair few shows here before. I know that um, a lot of people in the scene definitely um, recognise those guys. Um, also, Escape Syndrome had them on the show before. And um, that's probably one of my favourite tracks with uh, Shadows Part 2. And and guys from Red Bee just always killing it um, with one of their tracks there. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we've got an interview with Blissphorus. So um, kicking off the interview section, we've got their track Significant Other here on Canberra Metalheads. <laughs>
welcome to the interview section of Canberra Metalheads. You got Mikey Malpas and Jay Decay. Um, that was significant other from the new album from Blissforus, and we've got the guys here from Blissforus ready to um, chat more about the song and the the album. So from left to right, we've got um, Pete doing uh, bass and guitar. Cool. And I'm Jeannie. I'm vocals and keys. Cool. And I'm Dave. I'm drums. Awesome. Good to go. Good to have you guys here. We're uh, recording this episode at the uh, basement and the um, quiet, you know, <laughs> Sunday after the night before, which is cool to, uh, you know, have it nice and quiet in here and chat get some more. And about get music. some chompies. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the reason I'm gaining weight is because since that res- restaurant's open, it's just convenience, I guess. But, man, we've, uh, we're not shy of the basement here. You guys had the album um, launch here only a few weeks ago. Yeah, just yeah. last week, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. Last yep. Friday. And uh, how'd all that go? I know that it was, um, you know, on the calendar for a while. You guys had really cool flyers out. Um, it was all over the place. How did how'd things turn out? Uh, we were really happy with it, actually. We wanted just a, you know, a night with a bunch of bands that we like and friends and family. Yep. And um, I think we achieved that exactly. Yeah, it was uh, great. It was good fun. We had about 40 or 50 in the back room. Yep. So, um, yeah, it was a really nice evening. Yeah, excellent. Uh, I notice a lot of the um, bands say the back room um, has more of a sort of... Um, like as far intimate as Intimate vibe. Yeah, like more yeah. intimate vibe. Um, you guys feel that on stage as well? Uh, definitely, yeah. I think we're all fans of the back room yep. over this one. Yep. I think if you have 40 or 50 people in the front room, it's, yep. you know, it's like tumbleweeds <laughs> rolling through. <laughs> <sometimes>. <laughs> so, um, but it feels like a crowd out the back. So yeah. yeah. When That's we booked it, we could have chosen either room, actually. Yeah. Um, yep. We specifically wanted that room. Cool. Uh, wanted Jules on sound. Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, right. He's a magician in that room. Yeah, man. He, <laughs> he gets it to sound just magic, both on stage and out. I know there's not a lot of room between on stage and out the front, yeah, but yeah. it just sounds great. Easy to play. Easy to work with. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I, um, Thanks, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. I think he likes what we do generally, so I think he has a little bit of an interest in maybe going above and beyond, I don't know. We always get a fantastic sound with him. I think it's um, when you've got an ear for it. I I know that obviously sound guys can mix via levels, but um, I think this came up when we were talking to one one of the other bands, like... If if they know the songs, they know what they're meant to sound like as yeah. well. Yeah. Like it, it tends to be easier to mix what you know. I think it was interesting too because I'd promised Jules I'd get the album to him a couple of weeks in advance, and he'd have a listen, and everything'd be great. And then you know, stuff happens. <laughs> Things conspire. He had 24 hours with the album <laughs> before the gig, yeah. and he was still in soundcheck saying, "Oh, can you play me this section from track four? I want to hear how that sounds." So. He's he's a professional that guy. Well, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, and it, and he did he did do that. There were some effects and things taken from the album that he was attempting to replicate for us live. So, nice. yeah, there's certainly an, an advantage to them understanding where you're coming from and and how you want things to sound so they can pursue it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it was a fun little night. Escape syndrome acoustically. Uh, yeah, that was a bit of a novelty. Slicing his hand open the week before. Yeah, Bloody right. Baron Spencer's. <laughs> <laughs> we actually um, had the guys from Escape Syndrome um, on the show, and funny that you mentioned that because that was the interview that it came up that we were talking about when the sound guy knows the song. Yeah. Oh, right. But we there were talking go. about when the fans know the song. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's yeah. the difference between people um, 
being able to be like, oh, you guys play that better at this venue or, you know, I think that that bit you added in there at the end of the solo is awesome or, you know, yeah, things yeah. like that. Yeah, to notice the nuance and, and the changes you make as you, as you play through live. Yeah, I guess that's kind of the goal really for any musician is to get people interested enough that they absorb what you do well enough to notice those things when they, they see you play live. I guess like on the new album, you know, we've got a bunch of layering and other stuff that we don't do live, so you know, people might actually see a difference now that it's out there. Um, you know, we've got a lot, of, a lot of stuff tucked away in the background on the album, and yeah, yeah, they um, haven't really had the opportunity but to absorb it. We prefer not before. to play with backing tracks or samples or anything. Yeah, like that. yeah, we just like to belt it out. So <laughs> it does change things a little bit. I've noticed the last couple of months since I've heard the album properly yeah you know when you're tracking your recording you Absolutely. don't really hear it properly now I get up on stage and there's certain sections of certain songs where I'm hearing what's on the album and yep. it's not coming out of the band it's like oh shit I better learn how to yeah. play something on yeah. that on the keys <laughs> even when I'm rehearsing like I'm hearing bits you know some of the layers in my head as we're playing through it but they're not there they're not there rehearse. yeah but I think we still um it comes across very well um, live without samples. Well, it's a bit more raw. That's the plan, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that... Um, so, albums, we've talked about that on the show. We've The guys from Clarity Chaos. I actually went down and watched them record that one oh, at cool. yeah. a studio called The Studio. <laughs> um, and they've done a couple of bands lately, but that was their first metal band oh, right. that they've done there for the album. And um, when... The album came out, Jamie gave me a copy of it and we're listening through and we're like, he's like, man, I've heard this track so many times. <laughs> and so um, you get, you, you kind of, you get numb to the sound of, of the track because it becomes part of the process. Yeah, yeah. Um, the way they actually recorded is they came in, Darren smashed out all the drums in the first day then took four days off and came back and listened to what they'd been doing in the meantime so they had a fresh set of ears over yeah, it right. it was interesting to hear that they did that dynamic also he was practicing to do his other projects as well so he had to smash it out in one day came back and then he retracked the drums um and they got a take between the two yeah right. so that's how, how they worked it but how did you guys um go oh first of all where did you record a little studio called Neon Dog okay. in our backyard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Dave and I, um, what, four years ago now? Something like that, yep. Built a studio and a garage in our backyard, mm -hmm. um, which was a bit of a University of YouTube figure it out as you go along <laughs> type project. Um, With lots of swearing along the oh way. Oh, yeah, man. It took a, we, we'd planned to, I think it was a four-month build was the plan. And it took us about it basically took 12 months yeah. to finish it off. Anyway, so we did it at home, which was a real luxury. Yep. A real luxury um, to be able to take the time and, and do things like that. Yeah. Go back and have a listening and that's actually not what we wanted. I guess we approached it very differently to go into a studio and smashing it out when you're paying for their time. Yeah. Like we've probably worked on it for a year and a half. Yeah, it was spread out over a, a fair period so, of time. So, you know, we track yeah. some guitars, track some drums, and then, you know, go back to rehearsing for a gig or whatever we're doing, um, and then go back and do a bit more and a bit more. And so, 
I think we're fairly numb to the, the songs <laughs> in the end too. <laughs> Yeah, when it's over a year and a half, you do get that way definitely. If you uh, if you listen over and over, and of course, when you're analysing, you lose a bit of perspective on the song. I think it's as different an entity, uh, you know, rather yeah. than as a bunch of technical aspects um, to do with sound and performance. But it, it was also nice having that time and sort of not the pressure, I guess, of a studio. Definitely, so, yeah. You know, we could go back and you know, over multiple evenings or multiple weeks, we might just work on one part sort of thing. So and get it right and try different things and yeah and yeah. i think given it took so well I, I know given it took so long the first couple of songs that dave tracked drums on we ended up well he, i keep saying we dave did like 85 percent of this <laughs> Pete and i just came along and made some noise um he went back and retracked them again you know a, a year later and it made a huge difference to sound quality i mean we're yep. learning how to use our own space and you know, it, it, it took a long time, but I think it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll know that when we retract this episode as a Canberra Metalhead's best off in 12 months' time. We'll, our, we can then feel that same experience. <laughs> 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 it's interesting, though, that perspective issue, because um, I didn't listen to any of the parts for, I reckon, a good six months mm. in between finishing tracking probably the last guitar overdubs is probably the last stuff that really came through yep. um and dave's out there every day not quite he's but spent working on something else on this thing yes. and then all of a sudden it comes back into the house from this gorgeous little room in in the backyard it comes back into the house into the real world and it's actually an album it's yeah. really cool yeah yeah because dave's done all the mixing and mastering and all that sort of stuff so you spent a lot more on it than you've got a lot more invested yeah, than any a, of us. I've been a so. little more buried in it, I guess. <laughs> 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 Is the um, like the dad of the band there with like the um, <laughs> like you've worked on the kid science project <laughs> <laughs> a little bit? <laughs> you yeah, you know what I mean. Like just like you know what's up, <laughs> and you all submit it together. But it's like I've worked too long and hard on this. it's really interesting to keep it all in the family like that yeah there's no external producer there's no tracking engineer there's no mixing engineer there's no it's just us and it's it's um interesting to have a look then at this piece of plastic on the table and think shit we made that yeah yeah you know yeah it's nice it's I've sort of said, you know, I've played in bands on and off since high school and yep. I've never got a finished CD or album together. Yep. So it's a nice thing to have. Have, so, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yep. Man, I was talking about this, like high school bands. Yep. Um, I think the f- first little... Th- I, I'm not in a band. I play around, I play bass on the side and I do a little bit of this and that. The first ever little project that I ever had was a, was a thing we called ourselves the Violent Smurfs. played nirvana covers yep like it's just funny to hear the evolution of 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 things and you mentioned high school bands and and, and after high school you get into other projects guys like when we interviewed the guys from witch skull oh yeah joel and marcus you know like armored angel and looking glass yeah yeah type level stuff those guys used to after school hang out when they were 15 years old and play vinyls you know at, at their place you know it yeah. was just all that starts at, at a um at that level yeah I, I think that music teachers in school have a 
butterfly effect on massive project, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you totally. don't know... Tell, telling some dude in high school to like, oh, look, there's too many keyboards being used. Do you want to just grab a guitar for today so that we can get, finish a final assessment? Could eventually equate to like the next big band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think there were a lot of bass players formed in high school bands because there were too many guitarists too. Yeah, I've right. definitely I heard that story <laughs> a bunch of times <laughs> where... Yeah. Like we've got four guitarists, but no bass player who yeah. wants to switch <laughs> over. Wants and next thing you know, you've got a you got a bass player. So. I think singers are also thin on the ground in high school too. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing because um, in that awkward high school years, you kind no one wants to be the front person. Yeah. Everyone wants yeah. to be the one that you know can step up and do a solo. But then when they're done, people don't look at them anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you get a you get a break from being the centre of attention. <laughs> Although there's an occasionally you find people who don't mind being the centre. It's of attention. well, occasionally, but you know, no one really wants to be. Even people who stand on chairs and yell, "Look at me!" Um, there's, it's interesting being a bit older now and chatting with the guys up front. You know, Seppi loves being the centre of attention, but he and I talk about how nerve-wracking it is yeah. you know we do it and we we love it at the moment yeah but you don't really want to do it oh man <laughs> I, so i've known sappy for years and that's yeah. the same thing like you see him go up and do crazy frontman stuff but then when i do comedy it's like man i couldn't do that yep oh like, god me too like, i'm so i'm with you man. <laughs> man it's just like man you've got like i've seen him w- with gigs here and you've seen all, all sorts of uh, nights here where Seppi or, or anyone in that scene has been up the front playing in front of all these people. Like, I've seen a 90s cover night. Yeah, yeah. Do, yeah. And yeah. is playing to a packed room and he's like, oh man, you got balls to do comedy. I yeah. feel the same way. It's too exposing, man. At least with a band, there's two other, well, in my case, there's two other people on stage you can kind of hide behind. <laughs> you're all on your own up there, yeah. dude. Even though you're the front person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, like the the way you do it is pretend you've got a band behind you. Ah, I guess. fair enough. So like you said, <laughs> comedy band stuff. But I know that um, when when it so you mentioned that you do a lot of the um, a lot of the album and stuff was like um in mixing and editing and all, all that sort of stuff. Um, but then you've got obviously the bass, the low end, yep. and things like that. Um, how is it to put it all together? I know everybody has their own. Um, picture of their own task but I guess when you're doing an album you've got to think of everybody yeah. um, how was it putting it all together in, in one finished product well I guess um, when I say we pl- well I play bass I actually play guitar because we don't have a bass player mm-hmm. and we um, actually split up the guitar signal and drop it down through some effects octave down and stuff like that so I'm doing both guitar and bass parts oh, that's interesting um, so it's a little bit of a different dynamic and sound, I guess. We've um, In the past, we've done some gigs with bands that have done this sort of thing, like King of the North and Dallas Frasca and stuff like that. Okay. And something I wanted to try, and it actually worked out pretty well. So um, I guess in terms of recording, we'd start with some drum tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just rough guide we, tracks. We tried a couple of different approaches along yeah. the way, but, but generally we'd have something by way of a drum guide and then, then start building from there. And then um, just start working through all the different, you know, instruments and sort of add your layers and your vocals last, I guess. So yeah, it was. It, when it comes to some of those things like 
like the the bottom end is yeah. generally filled by a bass sound a split from a guitar yeah. into a bass sound and um, some of the keys we would track like even though we're splitting up the guitar signal and I'm playing both parts live at the same time, we track them all separately. So I'd just play the bass parts, you know, for the recording sort of thing and maybe play some different bass parts to what I do live and add some more stuff in and that sort of thing. I don't so remember. Did you ever actually play a bass? No. No, I you always played bass, the guitar. But um, I didn't pick it up for the recording. Yeah. No. Cool. You've actually got that bass now. I know. So. <laughs> i got to learn how to play bass. Anyway. Not for this project. Um, yeah. yeah, so not having any bass on the album, like bass guitar on the album at all, um, is a little bit different, mm-hmm. I think you'd say. Yep. Yeah. But it is, it's what we do. We don't play bass guitar Jenny on stage. also so. plays a bit of keys. Dave added some keys in for the recording, which you obviously don't do live while you're playing drums. Yeah, it's a little tricky. Um, so there's certain <laughs> sections where the keys add a lot of bottom end too. Yeah, that definitely contributes. But it's also into the, in. It's not just the recording process, the the songwriting process. We don't tend to. It takes a while for us to write a song. We don't nope. tend to just kind of go, oh yeah, that's that's good enough. We'll come out with a kernel of an idea, and things will happen, and then the next thing you go, oh, let, we need another section. Someone go and write another We're not section. Not really a band that sort of just jams on an idea and it comes out like yep. I tend to write something I'll send it to these guys they might come up with some parts or whatever drum parts but then we'll start looking at it once we're familiar with it I guess and we take our time like songs seem to take a few months to get together yeah, yeah and I think we're making a bit hard on ourselves sometimes too with the stuff we're writing now yep I think we're trying to push ourselves a little bit more yep even some more of those so than what's on the album yeah so. and some of those sonic um decisions about do we need, do we need a, a, a bottom end sound here? Does Jeannie need to learn how to play with more than two fingers at a time type stuff? Um, happens in the writing process. Yep. So recording was more about capturing that idea rather than adding layers for the sake of it. Right, you know? I get we, that. They were written to sound a certain way and we can't always achieve that on stage. So the, oh. ch- the chance to make it sound the way we'd hoped that it might sound on the album was really cool. As close as you can yeah. to a live performance in album form. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. And, and adding all those things that you can't do live. Yeah. So there's yeah. a bunch of stuff in there, but a lot of it is tucked sort of right in the background mm-hmm. on the album. Yep. So I think when we play live, you still get the gist of what it is. Yeah, so in, in essence, it's our live set, but yeah. there are a number of other aspects. Um, some of those were sonic decisions too, which is yeah. um, they, they came about during the mix phase and, and just the realisation that at particular points, the guitar might go up high enough that, that it opens up a gap between the guitar and the bass sound um, from just from a frequency perspective um not from a musical one so there were a few things that got added simply to fill those gaps and to make everything sound coherent the whole way through or yep. hopefully <laughs> yeah. we way, hope it sounds coherent um, but yeah that that was kind of a learning experience for me as well to realize that that some of those instrumentation decisions came down purely to sonics yep um and that it it wasn't about 
this needs something to make it more interesting or this needs something to, to you know, add energy or whatever, but simply to, mm. to fill out the sound and to, to round think, out that yeah. frequency response. Songs carry enough weight on their own, we think, as <laughs> yeah. it is. So, and we generally have a, you know, a pretty good response when we play them live. Yep. So, yeah, just adding a bit of colour and texture, I think, for the album too. Mm. So, yep. Yeah, perfect. I know that... Uh, if some background on on Jay. He went from bass to guitar um, over the years, so yep. it's be cool to hear like the the him weigh in on what it'd be like to have a guitar playing the low end. Yeah, like, so yep. I've, I've played around with the split before. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, so it, it's just different techniques for different things. Yeah, yeah. we kind of wanted, you know, the three of us, I think we have a nice dynamic. We get along really well, and it's nice being in a three-piece band. We don't want to introduce a fourth or fifth member or anything like that. So, And this was something I'd wanted to try for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And we tried it, and I went, hey, this actually works pretty well. Let's refine it and stick with it. Cool. So a bit of a different cool. dynamic on stage i think so mm. see a cool. lot of the heavier bands that just have like nine string guitars and they yeah. don't have a bass guitar yeah. because they don't need to that will that do it too range. yeah yeah um those kind of things so i don't know I, I think that depends on how you play the instrument is what what it's used for yep yeah and whether you're using it to fill space or whether it be uh, a instrument or whether it's yeah, it's it's all different, man. Bass is used for a lot of different things. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fun instrument. It's yeah. like you can see it as a front piece as well. I know absolutely that a lot of the like that that whole nineties scene with like the metal hip hop stuff. You'd have guys uh, like like Corn Limp Biscuit, all yeah. that sort of stuff, just having like their bass guitarists as, as a front man as well. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Or um, you know, so Les Claypool and yep. uh, those kind of like technical next level kind of funky bass players and then you've got like uh dudes from bands like necrophagus and stuff who are like doing exactly what the guitars are doing yeah or more yeah like, yep. uh you know origin with you know he's doing sweeps at 62 notes per per beat per bar at like yeah uh, 260 bpm <laughs> yeah. wow so, like, or you have bands like the omnific which we saw recently oh man those guys Cog are amazing in, in up at wollongong um, two bass guitars and drums and that's it yeah. So. Mm. yeah and then you see dudes like uh, there was a bass player here in Canberra called Lachlan I think he was yeah, in we Lachlan knew class yeah yep. you know Lachlan uh, and so he would play bass but he'd be like lead bass yeah and then he'd play like an organ with his feet because he had taken the foot pedals off a uh, off a Moog and would play like the actual bass notes with his feet while he was playing lead bass over the top and, like for that stonery rock Insane. Kind of big doom sound. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, you mentioned before the three-piece. We hear that with bands, as we mentioned before, bands like Witch Skull, that uh, they've tried, like, an extra member and they're happy to keep it in for. Um, a callback to that episode, a funny thing that um, came up was the tuning, and it's part of the reason why we talk more about tuning and equipment and and gear and recording process yeah Yeah. because it all came up with that episode that oh that's a really cool aspect behind the band because not always when you see a band play live 
you pick up on all the gear. You might be nah. like, oh, cool, he's got this brand and that sort of stuff. But, like, it's a chance to talk more about specifically what's worked for you and what's not worked for you. Um, but what came up in that episode is basically Marcus had to change the tuning on the guitar because Tony was just like, I'm not changing my standard bass tuning. <laughs> 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 Versus yeah, like you, yeah, you, you change the guitar tuning. It, it's just hilarious. If you listen back to the episode, that there's a section there. Um, Tony just goes, "Bass guitars have four strings." Man, he's got this Brooklyn accent. Yeah, bass guitars have four, <coughs> four strings. Man, bumper, bumper, bumper. Write that down. Four strings. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did end up making. I don't even know what tuning it is, but it's tuning to fit my range vocally more than anything Yeah, most else. of our stuff is sort of drop C sharp and drop C, which works with your range, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. So we um, we started writing just Pete and I in a, I think it was in your spare bedroom. Acoustically, with, we were yeah, just doing some with covers. With an acoustic guitar. And we got one song We got together. one song going and we thought, oh, this is kind of cool, but I can't hit that note that I want to hit. Next thing we know, Pete's tuning down. The whole band now is down in this kind of, uh, as you say, drop C sharp. Is that drop what you C sharp. And <laughs> yeah, some songs are drop C that we're starting to write now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's I like obviously like the heavier guitar sound, yep. um, but it suits Jeannie's range very well. So yeah, perfect. Yeah. And we were doing this acoustic thing. It was just going to be a duo doing some covers and maybe one or two originals. And we thought this is actually sounding decent. Why don't we get see if Dave wants to come on board with drums? Yeah. So I kind of spiraled from there, I guess. So cool. Yeah, transformed a bit, didn't it? From yeah, acoustic in the voice to a fairly heavy band in the end, but yeah. 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 And you know, we have sort of heavier parts, but we have a lot of big ambient and clean sections yep. and stuff like that. And yeah. I think we're just writing stuff that we enjoy. Like you might be able to hear some of our influences, but I don't really think we sound like anyone in particular, which is a good thing. So yep. yeah. Yeah. We're just doing it for the enjoyment of it I think at the moment not really writing for other people so yeah it's perfect man it's a bit mm. like um, we had um, so it's part of the album launch which oh, they actually had um, they yeah. had oh, yeah. Grand Duke playing for um, the um, the support on that gig yep. and then we had them on the show because I was like that was really cool to, to yep. see that and um, it's similar approach to what they had they, they just don't categorize themselves as a genre um they know what bands they play well with on a bill yeah but it's what they want to write and they want to play um yeah yeah we try a bunch of stuff and a lot of stuff doesn't work out and we'll ditch it or change it around um and you're certainly not playing the keys all the way through like Mm. you're you're singing first yeah that's your thing yeah i think the three piece is part of that motivation yeah, as well yeah. the fact that we are relatively limited in in how many things we can throw at an audience so anywhere where we can um to to add some extra elements is is a good yeah. thing so and as we've said we want to be able to replicate it live you know sort of without samples and stuff like that so yep. yeah yeah. Uh, yeah it's good to hear as well as as you guys 
adapt differently to different notes, changing the style of what you write. It also changes how and how you write and how how you play. So, like you mentioned before, oh, now all of a sudden I'm writing for keyboard as opposed to it's not it's not a backup instrument. It can be a front piece now. Yeah, so as you guys evolve, it, it also it's creeping adds in, to it, creeping in more and more. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's even little things like um, just at the very beginning of the project. I've been singing for a long time. Yep. I had no idea that I could sing some of the parts that we've written for this. I've been singing since I was three, and I yep. still didn't know I could yeah. necessarily do that. Yep. So being able to explore those things, it's one of the other benefits of being a three-piece with three people who know each other well. Mm-hmm. I don't ever think if I make a mistake, I'm going to get laughed at or pointed at or what the hell um, to do that for. I guess we're friends. So it just frees us up know, We're bit. friends first, I guess. So it's very democratic and you know we're quite comfortable to call it how it is if we don't like something if we do like something no one's going to get upset or anything like that yep it's one of the few bands i've been in where there's no politics or anything like that it's it's the key to to being happy for longer you know what i mean yeah it's it's not just bands it's like relationships and it is a relationship isn't it absolutely everything is all they're definitely yeah. like marriages. It's exactly, yeah. so. um, you know the 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 whole like talk about it, get it out, do the thing that you need to do to fix it, learn from it, and and evolve as opposed to dwelling on the on the thing. It's legitimately like a relationship. It's yeah. just and, and it, but it also produces. It's very public. Like you guys mm. can how well the band's meshing and how interesting the songs are and how, you know, um, much progression you guys get affects what people see on stage. So Definitely, yeah. Yeah, it changes um, everything. Yeah, and I think that affects a relationship as well. Mm-hmm. The, the thing you don't tend to have in a, in a marriage or a personal relationship is other people's opinions weighing in heavily on how you should behave with each other but with a band you have that aspect as well everybody's getting feedback from from friends from people at shows and and that weighs on their minds and contributes to then how they view something that used to be only between a few of you yeah and and i think that's why a lot of them last a few years and then start to struggle is yeah. because all of that outside influence creeps in that you don't have when you first get together and just jam yeah. and nobody's hearing the songs and nobody cares really what you're doing mm. um so you all just get to work amongst yourselves but then you add this whole other layer of external input to a relationship that can be hard enough to juggle just between the, mm. the yeah. two or three or four yeah, of, yeah. of you that are involved so yeah well, like in any any marriage every few months doesn't need to go up in front of a bunch of people yep. to show how good the marriage is going. Yeah, yep. exactly. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, be judged for it. I call that family gathering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly. That, that, that's Maybe called Yeah, yeah, I get, yeah. There is a bit of that, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That, that's called a barbecue. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's that's how it all works, and it's good to see you guys are all, all meshing well and producing. Um, some products getting yeah get and all under your own steam which is cool um of the diy yeah yeah we've really enjoyed having that that influence over it that control over it so yeah so everything you're doing is um yeah it's 
like I said, even even the the flyers, I was looking for the bit to peel the back off because I thought it was a sticker. It was so thick, you know. It's just like all quality stuff, which is really cool. Um, I think we're more about we try and aim for quality and not quantity. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's exactly right. And uh, speaking of um, some um, products and things as part of this episode, we'll be doing a giveaway as well. So you've got, um, there's some uh, shirt um, stubby holders and also a chance to win the new album as well. So um, as part of this episode, there's a Facebook post. You got um, just check that for the details, but that's what the prize pack we're looking at for, for this episode. Um, Thanks so much for that. And yeah, thank no you worries. guys for, for bringing that in. Thank you for having us on board. We appreciate it. Man, always, always let you guys came to me and sort of um, initiated it at first. You guys were on the radar, obviously, because we've had Escape Syndrome on the show before. And I follow closer. I, I kind of, the, you know, the way that social media algorithms work. <laughs> more interactions with bands means that you're going to see their content more so obviously escape syndrome led to you guys which then led to us being able to have this chat today so thanks for coming on the show and um thanks Thanks for for having us talking about the album and the band excellent thank you very much thanks for being on and now we'll close up with the last track from the album which is orbit um from the new album from bliss for us which you have a chance to win um, by checking out our socials but um closing it out now been listening to um, the episode with Bliss for us on Canberra Metalheads. Sound the bell, hear the swell of the people rise. Sound the bell, hear the swell of the people rise. Sound the bell, hear the swell of the people rise. Sound the bell, hear the swell of the people rise. Tell the story you got the word now It's the theory
does it pay? You hide and then you see things. Tell the story, you got the word now. It's the theory, you gotta prove now. And it's found, the end doesn't come round, it goes round, around. That was Bliss for us with Orbit. Um, and as we mentioned in the interview, you've got a chance to win that um, Bliss for us album that we spoke about. So head on over to Canberra Metalhead's uh, Facebook page for more information on how you can get your hands on a copy of that album. But in the meantime, now it's time for the Canberra Metalhead's Gig Guide. Giggity! 
<laughs> now it's time for the gig guide. Canberra Metalhead's gig guide. Giddy. All right, on the 12th of July at the basement, we have the Survival or Ruin tour with uh, Gutter Tactic, Bayview Suspect, Red Sea, and Clarity of Chaos. On the 19th of July at the basement, we got the Trapped Under Ice gig with bands such as The Culture Inns, Revere, Chud, Reign of Terror, Clarity of Chaos, Black Mountain, Cockbelch, Inebriator, Constant, and Mog. On the 26th of July at the basement in the winter tour, we have Circles, Ebon Ivory, and Escape Syndrome. On the 2nd of August at Transit Bar, we've got Red Gazelle uh, with their Natural Rejection single tour with bands such as Sonic Tide and Blissphorus. On the 9th of August at Transit Bar, we've got Fate Accompli, Sketch Method, Charlotte and the Harlots, and Two Mums. <laughs> 16th of August at the basement, we've got Death vs. Grind with Wretch, Point Seventeen, As Flesh Decays, The Plague, and Blood Bomb. And on the 23rd of August, we have Devil Driver and All That Remains. On the 6th of September, we got Panic with their Lightning Strikes Twice tour. On the 13th of September at Transit Bar, we've got Earth Rot, Claridash, Plowshare, and Wretch. On the 14th of September, we have I Exist and Supports to be Announced. And on the 17th of September, we have uh, LA Dispute. On the 2nd of October, at the basement, we've got Combi Christ and Dark Cell. International gigs. Kicking off the international gig guide, we've got Disentombed with their Australian-New Zealand tour, starting on the 12th of July in Melbourne at North Coast Social Club, 13th of July in Brisbane at Dead of Winter Festival, 20th of July, Sydney Crowbar, 26th of July, Adelaide Adma Bar, 27th of July, Hobart at the Brisbane Hotel, 15th of August, Wellington, Valhalla, 16th of August, Christchurch at Club Tavern, 17th of August, Auckland at Neck of the Woods. So you got Beast Wars and Witch Skull on their tour, uh, 11th of July at Sydney at Crowbar, 12th of July, Melbourne at the SB, uh, 13th of July at Brisbane at the Dead of Winterfest uh, as well, um, without Witch Skull, however. We also got Dark Funeral with Immolation, Abramelin, Christ Dismembered and Reaper on the 6th of September at Sydney Crowbar and 6th of September, Melbourne, Max Watts. We have Cradle of Filth performing the whole of uh, Cruelty and the Beast uh, on the 3rd of September, Perth at the Capitol, 4th of September, Adelaide at Governor Hindmarsh, uh, 6th of September, Melbourne, 170 Russell, 7th of September, Brisbane, the Valley Drive-In, and 8th of September, Sydney Metro Theatre, 10th of September, Canberra, the Basement, and 12th of September, Auckland, the Studio. Hey, 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 hey. Go to gigs every day. <laughs> Giggity. Giggity. That was the Canberra Metalheads gig guide. And as I mentioned at the start of the show, we've got a special international interview lined up for uh, this section of the show. So uh, right now we're going to be moving on to an interview that I did uh, during the week with Nick Oliveri from Queens of the Stone Age. Um, and also the Nick Oliveri project came through Canberra with be able to play a track from um that was from when he was in queens of the stone age playing um bass this is their track go with the flow here on canberra metalheads
we've got uh, Nick Oliveri from uh, Queens of the Stone Age and hey. also the Nick Oliveri um, project as well coming through the basement. Um, this one here is a fairly quick release episode, so this one um, airs, we're here on Wednesday night and the show show goes out this week and we've got tour announcement dates um, coming up for the rest of Australia, so that's cool to... Uh, cool to have on the bill and like i said man we're getting big international bands or, or acts coming through through canberra cool. and uh you're on that list man so it's really cool Thank to be you. hanging out really humbling to have you here cool, i've been man. i've been working at the basement since 2012 man and i never thought i'd be sitting down with some of these big names in the, in the scene so yeah great man it's great to be here I, i'm trying to trying to wind down from a, the travel and um but i'm doing a good job here you know yeah i'm doing all right i need a that's right. Need a beer? No, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. I'll get one later. I'll get one later. Cool, cool. Now we, uh, that's another thing too. Like we like to make sure everyone's sorted, you know. Yeah, so you gotta keep, gotta keep them full of piss. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> keep everyone happy, man. Yeah, I um, yeah. but yeah, no, I I dig that we can, you know, hang out and talk. Um, obviously this is a big tour. It's fairly all dates are fairly close together. Um, has it? How long's it been since you've been on a on a tour? I got home. I've been out since April, April 9th. Yep. Started in Ireland and uh, did acoustic dates for about a month. Yep. And then my band flew over on the generator and we did about 14 dates. Yeah. Then they flew home and I stayed back and recorded with a band called the Sons of Alpha Centauri in England. Yep. I've been writing vocal lyrics and doing vocals with them. Yeah. And Alfredo Hernandez from Kaya Space Drums on it. So that's a good project I got coming up. And uh, and then I went home for about two days, and I had to get to Detroit, which takes two days to drive there. So I yeah, got my yeah. van, registered <laughs> it, insured it, got my van, drove my van to Detroit, started tour Church of Misery with yep. Mondo Jenner opening up from Japan. This band and um, toured around, and we got we got to Nashville. Yep. I flew back to Europe for the Dwarves, playing some dates with them, and I just got home a week ago. I had a water pipe break at my house, so I was digging that up in the yard. <laughs> and then I got on a plane and came here. Oh, man. So I've been just like, my whole year's booked out. Yep. I get home, I go do more dwarf stuff. and So I, I kind of have my whole year booked out. I'm going to Brazil with Mono Generator. We're making a new record in August. Um, after we, I go back to Europe with the dwarves in August, and then I come back and I make a record with Mono Generator, a new one. Then I have some scatter dates until October, and then November I go to Brazil with Mondo, and then I finish out the rest of the year with the Dwarves. So, and I start back up with Mondo in January, February, and March. So, yep. got my whole year into next year booked. Man, up. that's full on. Like yeah. that's tour life there. That's on I the stay, road. Staying busy and keeping out of trouble and just keeping myself going. You know, yeah. If I, if I feel feeling strong, I got to keep going. You know. I, I get it, man. Um, like any other job i just happen to have a job that i really really like <laughs> <laughs> that's cool that's cool to you know, hear, i mean but if I, if I was working doing anything else I, I would have a schedule you know and so i tried to book my whole year out so i could stay busy and know what i was going to do because sometimes months from now i go what do i do now and this yeah. way i can i know what i'm doing and i can keep it rolling you know yeah i uh, keep myself busy i get that man i uh understand with a lot of touring bands that we interview like it's full on on life on the road i i, I, I can Im man. I'd imagine man like from the tour and things like that and over the years is there any like cool tour stories moments that you were there's like tons wow. of them yeah there's tons of them but you know i mean where do i start 
there's so many so many different things that happen and and so many things that are still happening it's like yeah. it's been it's never it's it's boring but it is also there's moments when it's like wow you yeah. know there's a lot of there's a lot of hurry up and wait parts, yeah. you know? a lot of downtime where you're sitting around and waiting for a plane or waiting for you know the van or whatever you're waiting for and yeah waiting for the show to happen basically or get to the next place and the travel time is what takes a long time. The cool. travel time is what kind of can, you can just find it sucking sometimes. Like, <laughs> That's I, the waiting. But when you get there, it's worth it. Yeah, know? yeah. And you get to play and, and uh, meet people and have a good time. You know. Yeah, cool, man. Uh, what sort of uh, obviously touring through the states and now over to here? Is there any standout venues? Obviously, we're at the basement, but without a biased opinion. What sort of cool venues have you played? Is there any like ones that you're like, man, I love that place anywhere in the States? Yeah, there's some good places, you know. I like, you know, there's places like Chicago, there's Empty Bottle, and and there's places like, you know, New York. There, there used to be a place called Coney Island High that used to exist. I really used to love playing there. Yeah. It isn't there anymore, but unfortunately, it was a really great place to play. And uh, at the Bowery, it's cool to play, New York, and... Um, I really enjoy myself there. And, um, a couple different places, you know. Um, Austin used to have emos, and it doesn't exist anymore. It's not it's a big, giant venue. It's yeah. different, you know. But the Blue Flamingo used to be cool there and stuff like that, you know. Just it's, small it's cool venues venue. are small also venues cool, are the best, man. The yeah, yeah. Ones, man. And, you know, people are cool to you there, and, and um, as long as you're not a dick, you know. Yeah, people yeah. People are cool, you know. Like, and, and my mom taught me not to be a dick, so. <laughs> Is there rum? Be polite, you know, and it's good. Yeah. You have no reason to, to not be, you know. Ah. That's all good, man. We'll close it up with that. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you, mate. Yeah. This is Nick Oliveri, Invisible Like the Sky. Buried alive, in love like a suicide. I'll tell you how it feels, I just want to die Everything I keep inside Let's go again Let's go again Rip me up, break my bones Fall in love, I feel all alone So alone Rip me up, break my bones Fall in love, I feel all alone I'm on the floor, the PlayStation Core, Andy Cooper Rush in my super garage, and the mirror flex lies. I can't even try. Climb the walls and wait for the fall. Watch me fall. Rip me up, break my bones. Fall in love, I feel all alone So alone Rip me up, rip my bones Fall in love, I feel all alone All alone I'm lost in love But I drift the lot times No need to run, no place to hide she found me again But I'm not your friend Release me As I die In the darkness We stay high 
So for more information on where you can catch uh, Nick with the tour, he'll be playing on Friday night in Newcastle at the 5th, the Stag, 6th in Perth at Lucy's Love Shack, Sunday the 7th at um, Fremantle at Mojo's, you got July 10th and 11th in Melbourne at Cherry Bar, July 12th in Adelaide, Holy Land, July 13th, Brisbane Dead of Winter Festival, and um, also July 15th Port Macquarie the lounge room uh, for more information on where you can get tickets uh, head over to beatscartel.com slash tickets for uh, all your ticket needs and information thanks for tuning in for another week you've been listening to episode 61 where we caught up with the guys from bliss for us and also a special edition interview with uh, Nick Oliveri from um, the Nick Oliveri um, solo tour and also you may know him from uh, Queens of the Stone Age he did uh, bass and vocals thanks for tuning in and um, remember to check out our Facebook page we're on Instagram as well make sure you uh, follow, like, subscribe to our um, our social media so that you can keep up with all of the um, upcoming gigs and events. Also, make sure you uh, check out our big cartel site with Metalheads LTD. We're running a special at the moment where you don't pay shipping on our um, hoodies while stocks last. So uh, head on over there to get yourself a bargain. Um, and while you're there, check out the South Coast Metalheads um, gear. They've got some stuff there as well. And uh, closing out the show now, we've got a band that's playing at the basement on Saturday night. So you can go out and check these guys play live. Um, this has got a funny video attached to it as well. So um, make sure you go and check out the YouTube for this next track. It's called Lab Rat Combat by Head in a Jar here on Canberra Metalheads. And until next time, keep it metal.
Love